Welcome back to No Real Left Behind. My name is Brian, and I am here in North Texas. Oh, happy to be here, gracing your beautiful ears this evening. I'm here with my boy Frank down in Austin. Frank, how are you? What's up, Brian? I'd just like to declare that cheese is the nectar of the gods. What? Cheese is the nectar of the gods? I mean, it's pretty... It is. It's pretty bold I, I, statement there saying that cheese is I'm, good on, on a beer podcast i know i know i'm just saying i could well am currently making it without beer and the na beer that we're about to review you know there's some good good options in there right 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 but you take cheese away from me i i would oh god it would be very difficult not to go postal on it I was trying to figure I out how to work curds. Fucking love cheese. I was trying to work away at work away to use the word curd in here in my reaction, but I, I just can't do it. So I guess I'll just that would, that would, that would be that would be cooth. That would be uh, you know what I'll I'm gonna weigh in here and just say that <laughs> cheese is in fact the nectar of the gods. I do. It is. You know what I've been enjoying lately? I've been trying to eat cleaner and eat healthier. Um, and I've been making this uh, Instant Pot Tuscan chicken every now and then with sundry tomatoes um, and chicken and, and some past. But instead of using all the good fucking whole fat cream, whole, you know, cream and cheese and all this other shit. <coughs> oh my God, apparently I'm wheezing now. Jesus. Um, I've been uh, using ricotta cheese and plain non-fat yep. Greek yogurt, which is fucking great. Phenomenal. Actually, it was yeah, yeah. ricotta cheese or, no, cottage cheese and Greek yogurt, mixing those two together. The ricotta that I make, I make ricotta and mozzarella and a little parmesan, and I throw that in my uh, uh, my lasagna soup that I make. Oh, good, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, also, also another life hack here, while we're on life hacks or cook hacks, mm. um, I'm not a big fan of soups. Right. I'm going to be honest. Okay. I, like, really hate soups. Um, I just don't, yeah, just don't like the consistency. Don't like the fact that you're just eating water and it's broth. It's been steeped in. It doesn't matter. Over, over, overcooked veg and, you know, Ah. just not a big fan of it. Um, let me give you a life hack if you're in that same situation. Okay. Boil some raw ramen noodles. Not, not out of the pack. Okay. Get yourself some of the proper ramen, boil it, toss them bitches right up in that soup right before they're done. So cook it about 30 seconds to a minute less than the package says. Then put it in the soup, mix that bitch up until that soup's nice and piping hot. My friend, it is American ramen. Like, it's not proper ramen. It's going to be an American soupy fucking ramen. It is good delicious hmm. like i think japanese ramen only exists because they're like god damn this broth is fucking bland and then they're like oh put some noodles in it put some other shit in it now it's good that's why ramen exists it doesn't exist because people are like 
oh my god what a delicacy someone was just fed broth for a living and they're like well we need to add some vegetables bam here's a protein either an egg or an egg plus some pork whatever you want uh that's how ramen came to be we should just adopt it i mean soup soup sucks in my opinion i i don't mind a good soup how do you feel about gazpacho cold Ooh, not a soup though not but it's got soup consistency yeah, I mean it's a puree though. Yeah. Like I, I'm a I'm I'm a big gazpacho fan, but it it's it's more of like the same reason that I like carrot juice. You know, like so you're, you're, the flavor is great. It's mainly your anti broth. I am anti broth. What about stock? Based. No, okay. So it's it's a difficult thing. It's it's what people make soups to be a right. meal. Okay. Okay. Soup is not a meal okay. soup is an appetizer soup is a snack uh, as a meal it needs something what, what about does it need st- what about stew okay not a soup okay that's the point but here. it is broth based it just Correct. has broth Delicious, plus big protein but also also consistency of stew is more th- it's way thicker well, right depends on so what you're i'm from, saying yes. i mean unless you're making a bastard stew it is gonna be thicker than a soup <laughs> barely but if you start throwing cream in a broth based soup is it then okay, a soup okay, or okay. is oh, it wait, then wait 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 let's the we're, tone, we're getting... okay turn the tone down okay this is becoming very very aggressive uh-huh. i'm um, sorry sorry for my aggressive ways uh, this okay. this dry january has really gotten to me so as a soup right mm-hmm. you cannot be a stew as a stew you might be a soup if you're made incorrectly okay, okay. Not the stew's fault. What I'm saying is, is if you're if you're dealing with a soup, all right, a true soup, what we all know to be a soup, chicken noodle, whatever, it can only be better with some ramen noodles. It cannot get worse than what you're about to fucking eat. Okay, ladies so and gentlemen, always, in this audio platform, Frank is now donned a red, white, and blue suit. He is standing in front of an American flag. He is actually shoving people out of the way. Like a with a true, pack of ramen, with a pack of ramen, throwing he's sprink, he's crushed up the pack and he's sprinkling out like confetti yep. at the moment. You know, you know what I will say. I'm just saying. You know what I, I've I've found. To, uh, Take your soup, add ramen. So Change I make. Your life. I make. Um, well, it's not chili because if I call it chili in Texas, I will get stabbed because it has. Oh, it's only because of the bean fucking argument. Fuck Texas. Beans and kids. I also use corn in my, in my chili. Yeah, who cares? It's a chili. Like right. the chili is literally like kitchen sink fucking whatever. It's, pa- it's a, it's a pantry meal, which is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> um, but I make it and, uh, I started getting to that habit. I found myself in the Frank camp of I'm done with fucking soup last year. About the, about this time, it was like late January, early February. We're like, where I was souped out. Like let's people overdo it. This. So what I did was put on a pot of rice while I was making mm-hmm. my chili. Threw the rice down in the bottom of the bowl, then put the chili on top of it. And I was like, this is a whole new fucking game. This is a whole different ball game here, folks. This is great. So, okay, all right. Again, there's a reason Indians who have made curry for longer than Americans have made fucking soup or uh, chili put rice at mm-hmm. the bottom like americans sometimes it's we'll do, just we'll interesting do, how they balance meals we'll it's do like, corn chips at the we're bottom we're gonna make mm. or or they're like oh we're gonna make this fully protein broth based thing and then 
<laughs> Someone's going to get full off of it. Okay. Not a meal. Add some carbs to it. I, I understand if you're averse to carbs, then, you know, whatever, you do you. Um, but for any reasonable, sensible human being, you're going to sit at it, look at it, eat it. You're going to eat way too much of that. Right. Trying to feel satisfied. Whereas if you just had a little thing of rice, oh. a little bit of noodles. Mrs. Brian, Mrs. Brian goes ham. I make hot and sour soup here at the house with uh, tofu and egg drizzle, oh, yeah. egg ribbon, and everything. The whole the whole nine yards. It's great. But I'm with you on that. Like I need more than just some to- tofu and a fucking soup. Like I, I have. I, say, to, I got I need something in my so, stomach that feels like it's not like it's not liquid. Around. Yeah, no. Yeah, I could drink beer to get that same yeah, effect, right? <laughs> I mean, we, we fucking getting here. Right? It probably has more calories, honestly. But uh, like I've taken to just making a pot of white rice. Adding some oyster sauce, adding some gochujang chili sauce, and then I'm fucking done. Like I'm, I'm solid there. Even if I have some black bean fermented black bean paste, I'll throw that in there. Make the oh, yeah. make the rice nice and stinky, salty, and fucking hot, and I'm happy. I'm I'm happy as clam and shit. And all I've added to that is fucking rice. And At it's any kind of any kind of pantry in 2021. If you want to, if you want to change your game up, hmm. get fucking miso like i'm not talking about dried miso i'm talking about the miso paste uh, the miso paste yeah it goes with anything like i'm not you if you think it doesn't go with it put it in um we did we we did miso salmon miso baked salmon holy fucking shit that's the thing it's It's like so good i i did so i did veggies the other night i did like a bok choy kind of veggie thing salt pepper Mm-hmm. That's it. Put a little rice wine vinegar just for, you know, acidity. And then at the end, I added miso paste. Fucking A. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, you, you, miso doesn't have a defined flavor, right? So it's like whatever you do, it just enhances what you just did. So don't, don't underestimate the power of just – now, red miso is a little bit different because it can be kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the white miso paste, dude, put that shit on everything. Frank's yeah. red hot that <laughs> shit out of it. That's like, that's what we've been doing with Gokujang, which uh the Korean chili saw, the Korean chili it's a paste basically. Yep. We I literally have put that that shit on everything. It is the new Frank's red hot in our house. I found a tub of it at fucking Kroger. I mean, it's like a pound tub and we've gone through it in 3 4 weeks. Might be a problem. But <laughs> um it's so fucking good. So fucking good, and I will say yeah, this before we before we transition out of uh, on the walk talk. We'll just call it walk talk with Frank O'Brien. Um, first, I need to get a new walk because I'm just gonna say this: the last time that we had fried rice up here at our house, I think we might have cranked up the grill too high on my walks that we have because um, it one burned off the nonstick coating on one of the walks altogether, and the other one deformed it. <laughs> So Wait, we, when we made it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But um, all that to say, those are old walks. I need to get new ones anyway. So no, no worries there. Um, gives me an excuse well, to buy a really good you, walk. We just need to get you a burner. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I've been... I'll, we'll talk about this off air because I've got some ideas of things that I can... We, I, just talk about this off air. Anyway. Um, no problem. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, Uncle Roger. Have you, do you know who Uncle Roger is on YouTube? I can't say that I do. No. Okay, he is a uh, Chinese British comedian. 
Okay. Okay. And he is, I forget his actual name, um, but he plays a character on his YouTube show and his, the character's name is Uncle Roger. And he speaks with a very like thick, like uh, English Chinese accent. It's, he overdoes it to emphasize the ridiculousness of his character. Um, okay. Not in an offensive way. At least I don't find it offensive. He's anyway. No, no, no. Now, as enough, I'm, as I, I'm explaining okay. it, I've got questions of myself anyway. Uh, but he basically watches people make Chinese food, traditional Chinese food on YouTube. And then he criticizes them like Jamie Oliver. He makes, he rips shit into Jamie Oliver for making traditional Chinese food. It's fucking hilarious. Okay. Um, he likes uh, Gordon Ramsay, calls him Uncle Uncle Gordon, because Gordon Ramsay uses like some traditional method of making fried rice, and that's his that's his like that's his staple. Anyway, he's very very funny, and if you enjoy, if you find yourself, give yourself like ten minutes on YouTube, and just search Uncle Roger fried rice reviews, watch a few of them. They're fucking worth it. They are very much worth it, and I feel validated because one of his best things is he watches like white people make fried rice and he's like why do white people always tell you and he's doing this in a very very thick accent why do white people always tell you oh put two cups of water two cups of rice in and then let it sit on the stove what are you doing it's called a rice pot and he just pulls out a rice pot he goes chinese people always have rice pot that's how you make rice when you ask a a traditional chinese (laughs) person how you make rice they put it in i turn it on that's how you make rice which is something that i have lived by for the 10 years that I've been making rice because my family didn't, I grew up not eating rice at all. Unless it was Spanish rice out of a fucking pouch, we didn't eat rice at all in my house. So I've been cooking rice only in the old rice pot. And this year? Rice is my favorite thing. This year, it's time for an upgrade on the old rice pot, man. I I looked at it tonight. Well, you got to get yourself a a formal Japanese rice pot. Oh, dude, mine is formal. And that's his thing. Uncle Roger, he didn't care what kind of rice pot you have as long as it has only one button on it. Which is every rice pot I've ever seen. Which is a cook oh, fair and an off. And if you ever want to know how those are how those rice pots work, there are a lot of cool YouTube videos on those as well. It's fucking they're, okay. So, so so all right. So here's what I'll say. There, the Japanese rice cooking methodology that is the rice pot that you know today, it works well. It does work well. Um, to those individuals who like their rice a little bit more al dente and not quite so fluffy. Okay, which is me. Um, the stovetop method, if you know what you're doing, yields perfect results. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. again, the the methodology taught to people is like, oh, once you make a cup, it's two cups water, two cups is four, three cups is six. No, it's not. No. Um, it's actually if you make a, a cup and two is correct. Two cups lower it by a third three cups lower it by two thirds so it's it it goes a third less every single time you multiply Mm -hmm. so um it's because in the end the way that you cook rice um essentially i I, i'm gonna call it the latin american way because i i have seen my mexican friends do the same thing and don't mean to call them latin americans because that's offensive but you know just in general, Hispanic rice cooking is very, very much... Hispanic is um, not as uh, as inoffensive yeah. as Mexican if they're Mexican. Okay. So, anyway, talking about, in general... <laughs> in a <when> day. <laughs> Latin Americans, Hispanics, Mexican, 
Mexican Americans, whatever. Um, when 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 rice is cooked, it is normally done first off in an aluminum pot because mm-hmm. um, they conduct heat really well. Then you start by frying the rice first. So you put some oil in, put some salt in, and you put the amount of rice in that you want. Then you stir that until it gets nice and hot. And once those kernels turn from being this like white to kind of a clear white, like it it makes a significant kind of turn when the temperature hits it. You add your water or broth, depending on what kind of rice you're making. Um, And if you haven't cooked rice with broth, you're missing your fucking world. It is, I mean, it it, it is a significant improvement on rice. Um, So you, you, you do the frying and it, it kind of hardens the shell of the rice. Then you add your amount of water and you wait for the water to boil down in an open pot on the same level of heat that you did to fry the rice. Once that rice is essentially just kind of like you, you hear it frying, but there's still water bubbling. You close the lid and you put it on low and you wait 25 minutes and that rice will never, ever, ever come out incorrectly. And I've done it for 10 years now and I've never failed at making rice. I don't need a rice cooker. I just, but I understand. I understand the need for rice. Cookers you just gave me I 20 fucked up for the first 10 years of my life. You gave me 25 steps and literally there are two with a rice cooker, rice, yeah, you water put rice in, on. you put water and you hit cook. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But it, it, once, once you master the steps with the pot, it's not actually much different. You turn yeah. the fucking stove on, you add the rice. Yeah, you, you fry, don't have to you fry the water, rice and then wait for it to turn down and then yeah. you put the lid on. You know what I've taken to do as well? Follow me on this. <clears throat> two two different types of rice that have changed my life this this year and well, I guess in the last year. One, adding vegetable oil to my rice cooker while the rice is cooking, like add yeah, water, just a, 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 a dose yep. of a dose of vegetable oil gives a nice creamy and then when it comes out, hit it with lemon juice, salt and cilantro and you've got yourself sure straight up chipotle white rice it's fucking yep, amazing yep. uh and i say lemon juice i meant lime whatever um then well, the you other, can do both it doesn't really matter well then the other one is using brown rice which i've become a fan of i don't typically like it because it takes longer to cook and I'm, I'm quicker for me quicker is always better but you hit you, one button no no it brown rice takes longer to cook um yeah i, I understand this but to you it's time it's not effort <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's why I said it takes longer to cook. No, I understand. What I'm saying is, is you made a very big point of the fact that it is on cook. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. But I'm just saying it takes longer to cook. I understand that. What I'm <laughs> saying is, is the, only thing, that you're, the yeah. only thing that you're exchanging for white versus brown. It's so, time. Okay. There, it's time. And yeah. the reason I say yeah. that is because most of the time brown rice, if you make it in the pot, you actually have to add additional water. Yeah, well, uh, just, you have to monitor it. it. It takes it goes through multiple levels of water, and you sometimes have to wash it too. Yeah, no, uh, you could do that with white rice too, uh, and jasmine rice as well. But all that to say, uh, brown rice, throw it on the old the old rice cooker. When it's done, mix in lemon juice and uh, a little oil and uh, lemon zest. The lemon zest is what gets it. Because that takes it from just uh, some brown rice with lemon juice into this creamy fucking mixture of goodness. And mind you, we're just doing this with water. You want to kick it up even more of a notch? Frank's right. Use chicken broth. 
fucking amazing what that any bro yeah i was gonna say uh there's even a recipe for that uh lemon and lemons uh, lemon juice and lemon zest rice that uses coconut milk or coconut mm. water one of the two uh and it's fucking amazing it's supposed to be amazing i don't know i don't i can never find that shit out here in the country where i am so and i've enjoyed the shit out of lemon brown rice with a little salmon oh my god it's fucking amazing that's good shit anyway good okay shit. hey we're on we're 20 minutes into a beer podcast um i get it i get it I, I think i think the me- the message here yeah cooking is easy fuck it's, yeah, it is. it's it's so overrated that it's difficult and you don't need to even attempt it because it's hard it's fucking easy. Yeah. Go out there, find a couple recipes, follow those, learn a little bit from those, and then start trying your own shit. Don't try it on massive scale. I'm not saying feed the family with it. <laughs> save, but, save all your new recipes for Thanksgiving dinner is what Frank said. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Whip out, that, whip out that chocolate block turkey that you've been waiting to make for the whole year. I'm going to make a mole sauce to go with the ham <laughs> this year. What? God, this is going to be so good. Um, but the, the core thing is, is... Keep it simple. Don't 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 go in spot and go. Yeah, Frank's breaking up all of this together. Bit. Sorry, you you had the right. your bit of your final bit of advice, and then I think your connection kind of. Can you hear up. me? I can hear you. What was your? Okay, yeah. No, so I was saying, don't go to the spice cabinet and go. You know, all of this will be good with it. Uh, keep it simple. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it definitely focus on chicken if you're making chicken. Uh, salt, pepper, and a spice. Maybe two. Don't go adding this fucking... Like, people people fall back on this Montreal steak seasoning and all this shit. You don't need all that. Brine the 99, turkey first. <laughs> salt brine the turkey, and you will enjoy a lot more of your life. 99% of this, this stuff that you're buying Mint needs chicken. salt, pepper, and something. It mm-hmm. doesn't need 50 things. So yeah. if, if you're making... Now, if you're making Indian food, it's very different. But if you're making just like... Something on the grill, salt, pepper, ninety nine percent of the time is fine. Salt, pepper, and garlic you, powder. You can add garlic powder if you like garlic. I'm 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 partial towards paprika, but don't do garlic powder and paprika. Those are very different flavors, right? So it's like learn learn your lane, learn what you enjoy, and then make it. It doesn't fucking matter if it's complex. Like all these people who want to be like Michelin star French chefs, fuck around, get out of here. That shit is. Way too much effort. The level of reward on it is fine for a Thanksgiving dinner, but fucking Sunday brunch, fuck around. Get out of here. Like, that is not worth it. Well, <clears throat> you know, some people have said that it's not worth it to do dry January, and I told those people to go fuck themselves. I've no, said it publicly no, on not Twitter. Dry January. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm talking about right now. What we, where we're transitioning yeah. into is us talking about our experiences with dry January, if, if, you, if you will. So we're both drinking beer tonight. Um, non-alcoholic beer, albeit. And actually, I think we're drinking beer made by the same brewery at the moment. Frank, what are you drinking right now? I'm having the Athletic Brewing Company. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's the Easy Rider, maybe. Uh, I think that's me. Uh, that wouldn't get by. I think that's a an Austin. Uh, yeah, maybe I saw that and I wanted it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, let me see here. I've got it on my. Brewing. Um, is it their IPA or is it their Golden Ale? Well, I need to look at the can, oh. to be honest. Okay, well, uh, Run Wild, that's one oh, IPA. They've got two IPAs. They do. They actually have three, if you include what I am drinking. 
but it is a collaboration with Boulevard Brewing and Athletic Brewing oh. Company. So this one's called Flying Start. It's a non-alcoholic IPA. And uh, it is what I would consider a hazy IPA. One, because it is, it is hazy. It is pretty hazy. Um, but it's also... But yeah, if you look... I don't know if you can see this one. Maybe you can. Yeah, I can see it. It's, it's creamy. Like, it, it's... It, I wouldn't say it's hazy because it doesn't have the citra. Mm. You know, like that... Okay, well... So, one thing that to keep in mind to make a beer um, like this, uh, you're probably not going to want a whole lot of bitterness in it because there's nothing to balance no. it out. There's not, I mean, there's sweetness, yes, but there's no alcohol to balance it out even further. So, a lot of the hopping techniques they're going to be using while brewing this beer are going to be late hop to give low bitterness but big flavors. So, that's yeah. going to contribute more to the clarity of this product than anything. Um, I also see some floaties in mine. I don't know if the camera is picking that up, um, but yeah, it is. Um, so it's it's clearly a it's a yeast derived product, unlike some NA beers that are out there at the moment. Um, so it's it gives you I, I don't know the the main point for me is it gives me the the feeling of drinking an IPA, which it does, and is, it tastes just like one. Yeah, I mean uh, there are, there are the the differences, and this is something I've been talking about with Mrs. Brian, who's also doing Try January with me. Um, she is taking the Heineken 0.0 route as her her beverage of choice. This I mean, this I, I think you cannot go wrong with 0.0. Like out of the okay, out of the loggers, it's the best. Yeah, not even close. It's not even close. Like the rest of them are dog shit compared to that beer. Uh, yeah. As far as consistency and quality, yes, I will say that. Yeah, um, and if you can, I'm about to do what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but if if you can get it in the can, yeah. For the same reason that we've always been pushing cans for lagers. Um, well, cans for any shit, beer, honestly. Yeah, but but I mean, shit that moves, it doesn't really matter. Um, for zero point zero, you've got to imagine there's a there's a, there's a kind of a specific crowd out there, and if you're if you're buying the bottles, um, <clears throat> you you don't know how long that's been sitting, where it's been at. Well, I mean, all um, those have date codes, but you're correct. Like you're you're running the so, running the risk. Yeah, and if you're you can, just gonna pull it off the shelf, though. It's not gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll before you grab another beer, I want to walk through what I found, sure. which was a passable non-alcoholic lager from Germany. So this is made by Klostaller or Klostaller. It is their dry hopped lager. Okay, which is not what, the, 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 I mean, we're we're getting out there for German brewers. They're making a non-alcoholic beer, Huzzawa. Um, and they're dry hopping it with Cascade hops. The fuck you say? Like, how much is that for a six pack though? Ten bucks, nine ninety nine. Okay, so yeah, it's it's a true beer. It's price. a true it's a true beer price. And as a matter of fact, everything that I'm drinking tonight is a true beer price. Uh, from what you were telling me, uh, it sounds like you got some hell of a, hell of deals down there. Um, compared to like normal beer prices, um, I mean, I would guess probably a yeah, dollar I mean, or two cheaper than uh, you know, than regular beer per. Yeah, six for pack. a six pack, it, it averaged everything I bought was around say like five to six bucks a six pack. Yeah, everything up here is um, eight to ten dollars a six pack that I purchased. Even the Heineken. Uh, I mean, I get that through other means, but yeah, uh, Heineken up here is ten bucks a six pack. Yeah. Um, so Klostaller dry hopped, non-alcoholic lager. Um, when I went to the bearded monk in Denton, um, Brian there who good dude spells his name correctly and everything. Uh, Brian at the bearded monk 
uh, I asked him about the athletic brewing. They have a stout, and I was like, "Does it taste like a stout?" And he was like, "Yeah, it's pretty good." And it turns out it's it's pretty good. Uh, but then I asked him about this Kostauer. Uh They have the Pilsner and then the dry hopped, and he was like, "Do the dry hopped?" I would suggest that one. I go, "Oh, is it like kind of a hoppy pills?" And he goes, "No." And when I show it to you, like it's probably not what you think when you think of like a German lager. Typically, I mean, this is dark. Uh, it's like an amber. What does it look like? <clears throat> if I if I told you this was a lager and I handed it to you, w- would you what would you think of any lager maybe made in Texas that this looks like? Yeah, it looks like Z- uh, Ziegenbach or um, maybe Scheinerbach. Oh, Scheinerbach, yeah. But it, you, you've seen Ziegenbach a similar color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Ziegenbach is just <clears throat> fucking rip off of Scheinerbach. I mean, it's goddamn. Anyway, this beer tastes this beer tastes yeah. identical to Scheinerbach. <laughs> I mean, really fucking dead on when I heard cascade hops, I was not expecting it, but clearly the cascade hops they're growing in Europe uh, for this, in this, for this German brewery, they are not the same thing as the shit that you find here in uh, Sierra Nevada pale ale and torpedo and shit. Uh, But this, I mean, when I say near as makes no difference, when we were talking Heineken zero zero to Heineken near as makes no difference. This is fucking shiner. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty impressed. I, I'll say honestly, I enjoy drinking this more than Shinerbach. <laughs> we've well, we've wanted to do this uh, dry January kind of non-alcoholic beer tour, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy that we got to do it this year collectively because yeah. there are some very very good beers out there. Oh, like, hell I, yeah. I, I, and and you might not want to call them beers if they're, they they're don't beer. have alcohol, but I they're beers made the same way. Um, I am thoroughly impressed by like how good this shit tastes. The only thing you've got to get used to is the carbonation is significantly lower and the, the head on them have, there's two ways it, 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 it goes. It's either like pouring. It's, it's, it's either like elephant toothpaste, <laughs> like pouring out of the fucking uh, glass when you pour it or it has virtually no head that disappears in like two seconds. Well, and that's um, that it could be two things. And I'm just going to say this from a, a beer standpoint, a beer, an educated beer standpoint. So head uh, and head retention uh, comes from the proteins in the, that come from the mash. Like to get a long standing head, you have to have a really good, like protein rich mash. Uh, a lot of, a lot of other, um, science words that go through the fermentation process that make it into the finished product uh, in order to have a long standing head. A lot of those things are missed or are watered down in the fermentation process uh, or a shortened fermentation process, lessened fermentation process, or a diluted final product in non-alcoholic beers. The other thing is because they are not as protein rich as say a fully fermented full strength beer, um, a lot of breweries have a hard time calibrating their carbonation equipment and calibrating their packaging equipment to make sure that the finished product has the right amount of pressure in the package to go out to stores. Um, that's one Got thing. It. The one thing I noticed about uh, a brewery that I had last year during my non-alcoholic little video series. And I, I think I talked to you and Mrs. Frank about it over the weekend, but um, when I got it last year, like I could squeeze the can. And yeah. I was like, that's no good. I shouldn't be able to squeeze a fucking can of packaged product before I open it. And then when I opened it, I poured and the head, it was like 99% head. 
which is back ass words. Like you wouldn't think that you would think of very well, little that happened. Head. That happened with one of the well-being beers. Yeah, but it was yeah. it, it didn't have that squeeze. It was just like you, you poured it and it felt like all of the carbonation just left the mm-hmm. vessel once you, you know, it was not good. Yeah, it wasn't actually in the liquid. It was just around yeah. the liquid. Yeah, which is another thing like the packaging on some of these products are not not the same like and and breweries and packaging lines are figuring that out hopefully because i mean like this is a non-alcoholic lager you saw how thick the head was on it when i first poured yeah, it, it disappeared it just yeah. goes it goes away because it's not doesn't have the same like chemical properties as a beer which go into the life of head <laughs> yeah but it's it's not it's not a problem no like i think you just have to get used to it. So when you, when you do the non-alcoholic beer, and I think bars should just have it on tap, to be honest. Like, if I'm hanging out with my buds and I can, you know, I don't want to sit there drinking Coke all night. Give, me, no. give me a good non-alcoholic beer that I can enjoy. Uh, put it on tap. I'd love it. Yeah. Like, it would be no problem. Um, it, well, I'm saying no problem. There would be no temptation. You know, it's like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me the non-alcoholic beer. It's a good time. It's a great drink. And just keep them coming. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's. I, I think it's frustrating that, you know, and I, and I think we are near the days where it's going to be like that because the younger generation drinks a shit ton less. Yeah. Um, and that'll be a good change because I, I mean, if if well being is on tap or anthems on tap or. I would order Anthem on tap all day. You mean like athletic. It's, it's a very, very, or sorry, athletic. Not I was going to say, I'll order Anthem too. They're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would too. Um, athletic on tap would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Heineken Zero. I mean, Heineken's really, really going hard. Um, Bud is trying. I haven't had Bud Light Zero or Bud Zero or whatever it's called. I mean, here's the deal. Heineken is also the majority stakeholder in Lagunitas. Lagunitas is the one that and makes. They have their own they make, zero IPA. Yeah, they make hop water, which is a hoppy, refreshing, sparkling water, which is fucking amazing. I had one of those while before we started the cast, and then they have. Oh, it's I, clear. Yeah, it's clear. They've had that for two years now. Now, here in a second, when I get done with this cloth dollar, I'm going to open up the IPNA, which is their new one that they came out with this year. Looks like an IPA. Okay. Smells like I an saw IPA. That one. And it's fantastic and i'm gonna like i I told you over the weekend like i feel like they're heineken and lagunitas are sharing some trade secrets which i am perfectly fine with the more the merrier get more of the shit out there um and it's something that like excuse me when frank talks about oh i wish we had more non-alcoholic beer i do too like i think it would be a, a a fantastic option uh convincing bar owners and restaurants to do that is going to be difficult because it's probably not going to move as fast as fast right now. But to Frank's point, like there are people who maybe want that flavor who don't want the effects of alcohol. I mean, I hate to say it. I am one of those people who would love to drink beer 24 seven if I didn't have to deal with the effects of alcohol because it's one, uh, not safe <laughs> to, to, to be fucking hammered all day. Uh, but two, like you feel like shit the next day. I've been, I've been like the last two nights I've been pounding non-alcoholic beers while I'm playing Forza racing games. And I'm like, I am enjoying the flavor. I'm enjoying playing video games and I'm enjoying like drinking a lot. It's fucking great. And then I just like, you know what? Ah, I get up, take a yawn, 
walk myself to the bedroom, and I fall asleep, wake up the next morning happy and ready to rock and roll, rather than fall asleep in my chair and wake up at 3 a.m. when the controller falls out of my hand, you know? A little give and take, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? We've all been there, right, guys? Am I right? Now, am I right? With that being said, there there is a difference in flavor. So it's it's yes. not gonna be it's not gonna be for everybody. And honestly, like I, I think I think what I could see being a very responsible approach for the industry is instead of that whole, you know, beer, water, beer, water thing, beer and a beer. Beer and a beer. Cause it it, it it honestly, it satisfies that. Or it's 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 like Nicorette gum, is what I'd say. <laughs> you know, like when it comes to beer. I don't know that I can do this, but yes, I see what you're saying. They're, they're, the the thought process is the same. It gives yeah. it satiates that need or that desire. It doesn't necessarily satisfy it, and that's that's one thing I will I will make clear because there is something to be said about fucking downing a barrel aged stout and just enjoying every sip of it. There is something yeah, else it's altogether. Not, it's not going to meet that. It's no. not going to meet that. No. And no. if you're wanting to get the your your enamel <laughs> scraped off your teeth with a big West Coast double IPA, that ain't going to happen in, in a world either. No. But drinking a little hop water from Lagunitas will satiate that uh, bitter need. Yeah. And I'll just leave it, it at is. that. It is. It really meets the flavor. I think next week... I'm going to get some NA wine. Ooh. Um, you know what? Maybe I'll do that this weekend too. Only because it's fascinating to me. Right? Like, a significant amount of wine being wine is alcohol. Like it's yeah. not. Otherwise, I don't it's, know. It's I have Welch's. no idea how to do it. <laughs> It's yeah, just I, fucking grape juice, literally. Yeah, it's like you can't make it into wine-flavored anything without fermentation and alcohol being involved. Well, so. I mean, the same goes for beer. I mean, like fermentation is a pro- is a flavor generator in yeah, some styles Yeah, but hops have a shit ton of flavor, man. And like, they it's, don't require any alcohol to make that flavor. Exactly, exactly. Like the thing, the thing with wine is it, when it converts is when the flavor happens. So it's... Well, I, it, that's also why you don't. It'll be see, interesting. It's also why you don't see any Belgian non-alcoholic beers or a fucking non-alcoholic Hefeweizen. Which I would, you know what? Y'all figure that shit out and come talk to me. Figure out how to make an NA Hef or a Hene Wit beer, and then come fucking talk to me, because that would be. I will be thoroughly impressed at that point. Speaking of, have you seen non-alcoholic spirits, Frank? Yeah. Get onto that board. Some fucking mad scientist has figured out how to make non-alcoholic gin, whiskey, and some other like rum or one of the one like one of the other main like forms. Good of for them. Alcohol. Don't Holy know how the shit. fuck they did it. Don't know. Like, I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, I, I, so you bring up an interesting point. Maybe I'll pick up some NA wine this weekend too because I. So I'm gonna pull the ripcord um, on dry January. Well, it's like a thing, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, dry. Oh, non-alcoholic spirits. Seed lip, non-alcoholic spirit, spiritless Kentucky. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, they don't have to pay excise tax in Kentucky. This is that's the, fascinating. It's fascinating. It's. I mean, it's got to be fucking science. Is all it is. Like some, uh, like some real, like I don't know. Some Derricks of the world went ham on some alcohol, and they were like, "How do we remove the it alcohol has to be. from the alcohol?" Okay, I know. I'm ordering some of this shit. We're gonna try this. Yeah. Okay. This will be at my door. I don't know when. <laughs> See if they sell a three pack of it. <laughs> and maybe well, I'll get in that in a second. Uh, anyway, so I think I'm gonna pull the ripcord on dry January uh, next Wednesday um, for inauguration. Just 
out of a I, celebration, I, I think I'm going to do it. Um, I may go back on throughout the rest of the month, but I feel like, you know. I, I, okay, so so I don't think there's a rule that it's like, you know, dry January is cut back significantly. Yeah. A day here or two, not a big deal. Um, but I think it's also more more around the fact that, like, you know, going forward – be more conscious. Well, it's also a reset, which you know, I've talked about just, doing doing a yeah, quarterly reset. Party with, balls with the magnificent um, bastards in the whiskey tribe of just doing a week, yeah, a yeah. dry week every quarter. But I mean, I feel like it, 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 that does a reset. Make sure that you're you know checking in on yourself and making sure you don't have a fucking problem, which I feel like is kind of an understated uh, purpose of these reset weeks, months, whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. Um, and I'm. Whew, I'm good so far. Like I'm, I'm able to write my name in the mornings, right, guys? I'm not scribbling all over like I'm Michael J. Fox. I'm good. I'm good. No. I mean, but it does suck. No, it does. It, it does. It does suck it's, when I really just like. You know what? It doesn't suck as bad as I thought it was going to. I will say that because it's been a while true. since I've done a full on more than seven days or five days reset. Um, I mean, I'm going. It's not like I'm going on day fifty right now. I'm on day thirteen, and I'm out here acting like we're in the. Cl- we're good. <laughs> we're fucking. Pff, I'm, I'm fine. I can do this all fucking year if I wanted to. I don't want to, but if I could, if I wanted to. Um, but it's, anyway. I mean, I think the important thing is, is it's, it's a good moment in time, especially for those who like to enjoy new beers. Oh yeah. Like to enjoy new wines, you know, like Q- you don't want to be in a position where you're non-functional. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, shit. I you mean, know, en- enjoy the wine, enjoy the beer, but, you know, give yourself some time. Yeah. Q1 of any year, uh, you will see the most new beer hit the shelves, like from major major uh, breweries. That's how they get you. That's how they get they you. W- they do. They get you back out of the dry January. Well, what it's they like, want. What I they did dry, dry, oh, look at all this new shit now. <laughs> what, what you'll see is February and March, it's, it's the biggest push because, one, uh, stores are selling through beer that, they've, that, uh, that salespeople sold in uh, for December. And that beer will sell in December and then the rest of January into Super Bowl weekend. And then they'll get another big drop of beer along with new beer that starts trickling in. And then you'll see a fucking deluge of new beer come into your like convenience stores and, and grocery stores and liquor stores in February and March. That way that those sales numbers can get up and they will make it into the fall resets at your major grocery chains. So a little peek behind the curtain. If you, li- if you find a beer that comes out early in a year... Buy the fuck out of it, or else it won't come back to your market. I got it. A- so, okay. Um, with that being said, Run Wild is the shit mm-hmm. by Anthem. I mean, God damn it. Damn. Athletic Brewing. Three times the charm tonight. <laughs> no, okay. So here's the thing. Look the at the A's label. look uh, similar. But you know what? Anthem has redone their... It's so... And you should check no, out No, I Anthem's know, but redesign. the original Anthem is the problem. Oh, like This is the Anthem. And, Throw all your hands okay. up. Okay. Yo. On the back burner. Be- On the back burner. Okay. Okay. This is going to be the next one, and we're not going to do beer accounts because we're not drinking beer. We're drinking hop water. But um, I mean, this is a controversial mm. beer in this household. Oh, okay. no. Is it's there a split the, among Frank and Mrs. Frank? Oh, yeah. Well-being, golden wheat, and it depends on the can. Like, yeah. the, Okay, so the other problem you'll find with non-alcoholic beer, not consistent. Um, there are brands that are very consistent. Shit, Heineken, yeah. uh, uh, Athletic, Athletic, 
while being not consistent. Um, they make what? really good shit. When it is good, it's good. I feel bad. I gave you that recommendation of that specific beer. No, 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 no. I mean, I was buying every non-alcoholic beer they had. It didn't matter if you recommended <laughs> it or not. Um, uh, so I'm going to give this, for a consistency, like a 3 out of 10. Mm-hmm. For a flavor, when it is correct. When it's correct, it's great. It's an eight. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. But it's 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 so inconsistent. So like at most, it's a five out of ten non-alcoholic beer. Like yeah. it's a problem. They need to be very 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 consistent, but they're not. Uh, athletic flavor nine, consistency nine and a half. Like yeah. it's it's a it's really good, perfect perfect NA beer. Uh, Heineken to me, for what they're doing. In a can, it's a ten. Yeah, like I, it's really I think that's good. the closest you're getting to drinking an actual beer, even though it's a lager. It's the closest you're gonna get. So remember it's, a long time perfect. ago when it's I was perfect. like, if you make a Weizen beer, you should like let me know. I forgot what I had in the fucking refrigerator. So I have a Pauliner, which everybody who's watched my Oktoberfest yeah. reviews, I am a fucking Pauliner fanboy. Like I will. That, that is a hill. He I'll almost die bought on. the Michael Scott. He almost bought the Michael Scott. Uh, that is St. Pauli uh, girl. That's a different. Whatever. That's a, well, I, yeah, I, right. If anybody you're out right, there, you're right. You're right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair anybody enough. out there with up. a Pauliner neon, hit me up. I'll, I'll fucking I'll reimburse you. Anyway, uh, a Pauliner. It's a Weitz and Radler. So we all know Radlers and Shandies are very similar in that uh, they're uh, some fruit juice or fruit soda added back to a lager for uh, Shandy or uh, a wheat beer Radler. This is fucking amazing. It tastes so goddamn good. I like I and it's non-alcoholic. It's less than half percent alcohol by volume, as they state for all NA beers. It is like a fucking Radler. You you remember the Radler that I sent you, or the yeah the Radler that I sent you that you were like it's too sweet. This one be too sweet for you, but it's fucking good. It's they're just too sweet, man. Like oh, fucking mm, love that. I shit. remember that vividly. vividly. Anyway. I, and that's that's my that's my NA beer talk. And my and my NA beer is up to three for this podcast. I didn't even give a fuck. We're fucking forty five minutes and give a shit. So uh, it's fucking phenomenal. Oh, also, real quick, um, will your non alcoholic liquor show up before or after my Shenzhen purchased uh, keyboard shows up? Because well, I'm gonna go with before. Before um, you think it's, it's before. From- before, because it's shipped from America. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, my fucking Chinese-made uh, and shipped keyboard is set to be here on Friday, uh, January 15th. So I'll click-clack and let you know what's up on my keyboard. All right, okay. So odds of that actually being the case. I'm going to say, you know what? That thing that thing left Senjin today. It, 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 no, it left on the 12th. And then it, Yesterday. Then it, okay. set, then it set in port. It left port on the thirteenth. So, okay. So port, port could mean a ship. Mm-hmm. Port could mean an airplane. How much did you pay for said keyboard? Uh, it was a seventy dollar keyboard, thanks to Villem's uh, uh, friend friendly code that he sent me. And then I did pay twenty dollars for shipping. So, okay, you should get a Friday. You should get a Friday. It probably flew. It, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, you'll get a Friday. Okay. I, I would agree with Friday. It is now. DHL. Now that I know what the shipping cost is, because China subsidizes that cost significantly for I'm their sure. suppliers. It is DHL, though. So even if it does get here, like, you know, it's... Oh, it they, might be in your bush. Yeah. Uh, it might no, be on the roof. It's going to be in the neighbor's bush, like, five houses over, and they don't yeah. even have shrubs outside. You know what I mean? 
Like yep, yep. they've just shoved That's it. That's how DHL works. They just shove it up people's asses, and they're just like, "Oh, is this your box?" Well, that's my box, but that's like, not my package. You know what I mean? I always like, okay, so you know how DHL started, right? I, I'm guessing two blind people were fucking throwing boxes back and forth at one another. And they're no, like, you, you need to research this. This is fascinating. To anybody who doesn't know, DHL is a fascinating story. They started the overnight business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there used to be this plane ticket that went from L.A. to San Francisco overnight. L.A. to could, San Francisco? No, sorry. <laughs> New York to L- San Francisco or New York to L.A.? No, no, no. L.A. LA to San Francisco. But you bought you bought essentially what it amounted to. Not overnight. It was like a you, you paid for the seat for a year, okay. and it cost you a certain amount of money. It was like okay, a season so let's ticket. Say you could fly. Yeah, exactly. Like a season ticket on a flight. I don't okay. know what it's called. But um, <laughs> essentially, it was like you paid for the ticket. And you could fly as many times as you wanted between L.A. and San Francisco. So this dude started a business to overnight legal papers from L.A. to San Francisco on this ticket. And that's all he did. He bought the ticket and he started shipping these legal docs back and forth. And he was known as the most reliable shipper, quote unquote, because he flew. (laughs) So um, he took flights back and forth. Made a shit ton of money doing that. Then he started doing, uh, like, building out his overnight delivery network. He bought more seats on the flight. Uh, that led into buying his own airplane. Um, anyways, this dude built an empire. To this day, no one knows where this man is at. So the DHL empire, um, the guy went missing for a long time. Many presume he's dead. Um, it is a it is a fascinating story. Whoever owns DHL, well, the, we know who owns it. They don't know what happened to the money. Um, I have an idea. And <laughs> he probably shipped it to himself using DHL. Oh yeah, he's waiting on it. It just never fucking arrived. It just I I've never seen such inconsistent delivery times, schedules, abilities fucking la- I swear to god uh, I will take the toothless high school dropout that works for I don't know the parts delivery company at your mom and pop Chevy yeah. house I will trust them to deliver my documents before I will trust DHL I I've never so, I've never had something from DHL show up on time and what's more in this digital era even pre-covid I've never had any of their fucking updates their package updates be anywhere close to realistic they're like yep it'll be there tomorrow and tomorrow comes and goes and right, I will get so, an 8 so, p.m. email saying next Thursday <laughs> So even deeper into the story the guy's name I just looked it up I I I knew the peripherals but it's been a long time since I looked this shit up. So his name is Larry Hillblom. Hillblom is the H in DHL. Oh. He was the original founder who bought all the fucking airplane tickets, whatnot. He died. Uh, he was presumed dead. No one found his body, but okay. he was presumed dead. Um, he flew from Guam, or he was supposed to land in Guam. His plane crashed. Um, Following his death, his estate paid $360 million to four impoverished uh, impoverished children that he fathered 
as a result of a sex safari trip to Southeast Asia. <laughs> huh. Uh, well, there's God. that. <laughs> yeah. So when he sounds like a good H, guy, always, always remember the H. Always remember the H. The H for obviously stood for Southeast Asian bastard yeah. father. Good. 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 Uh, okay. So, um, there, you, oh, good question, Frank. Why would I buy a keyboard when I have a functioning MacBook Pro? You you asked earlier. I'm sure. No. Yeah. So so no, what I was, I was wondering is is you said there's this new setup at the old Casa de Brian. Yes. Then we'd is. like to know more about that. So you know, I, I have I have my camera set up here. I have my lights in the background. I have my my microphone arm. Everything is set up for live streaming for this podcast and for video recording and video editing. Um, so you might notice I've got my microphone on the other side tonight because I've had to move my light over. I did some renovations here. I mounted my light. You also notice you don't see any glare in my glasses, Frank. You're welcome. For not having any glare in my glasses. Well, I always complained about it, so. CC, oh, 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 got the glare back. That's because I've got the light more over my head and, and pushing pushing light down. It's good. It's a nice setup now. Um, but um, my keyboard for my MacBook Pro, my, my baby, um, it's a butterfly keyboard. You familiar with butterfly keyboards on, on uh, Apple computers, Frank? You have one on yep. y'all's new MacBook Pro that you bought on my recommendation as well. Um, the one that you got from Mrs. Frank, right? I'm confused now. I don't think I know what a butterfly. Oh, it's, it's that. Yeah. It's the light tap. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's super shallow tap. Um, the keys are essentially flat on the surface of the, like they're very, very strange. If you've never typed on them before, they're, they're odd. Um, they also have, they're a little quirky. Some might say if you don't keep them clean, dust can get under the keycaps and, um, disable the switch. Um, can keep keys from firing properly and there's really no fix for it however um i'm experiencing the opposite problem frank um my s key my r key my e key and my t key all will randomly fire twice when i'm typing you've got to stop typing short i i know but i can't it's it's necessary um the s is the most late is the latest is the latest key misfire and i found that today while i was typing as and uh just typed ass, ass. all over the place <laughs> just ass 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 um so it makes it a complete pain in the ass actual ass uh when trying that's, to yeah it's a lot of work r- trying to backspace and type retype words so i decided you know what i'm gonna get a new keyboard i took villain's recommendation bought a nice like entry-level mechanical keyboard albeit not entry-level price but it's got rgb backlight and i got some soft touch keys because i don't like the click clack of making it sound like m60 machine gun fire when i'm trying to type in my email password well, Willem enjoys that part yeah he does a little that too part, much i don't get he, that he's doing work <laughs> yeah yeah the louder the the louder the neighbors bang on the wall it means i'm doing good i'm doing good work anyway that's right so i also raised my laptop up which you can't see but i needed to raise it because um my desk really isn't big enough to have a laptop and a keyboard in the same spot, so I had to, you know, get get creative with my space. But that meant that I would lose my touchpad on my MacBook Pro, which I have gotten. Mm, I love this shit, and this is coming from a person who was an anti Mac fanboy or like an anti Mac boy before he bought a Macintosh computer. I was like, why does somebody even need three finger touch control? It's so stupid. I would never use that. 
No, I use it all the fucking time. It is the best goddamn thing. Switching between applications is amazing. So anyway, I bought a fucking magic trackpad. <laughs> Wait, the three finger touch control? What do you mean? Oh, where you swipe up and you have all the screens show up on your here. Um, okay, yeah, I've never done that. Let me, That's cool. Let me I'm just gonna share my entire screen here. So you should be able to see everything that I have going on. So I've got my my uh, trackpad here um, that I paid probably yep. way too much money for, but I don't care. Take three fingers, swipe up, everything explodes, and that's my what mission yeah, control nice. view. Um, swipe down. I can also uh, swipe down to f- if I have multiple tabs open. There, I can see that. Um, make everything go away or expand out, whatever it may be. Like you have all those controls. Anyway, bought the separate uh, trackpad so I can literally put it on my side table here. You can't see it, but I am sitting back like I'm controlling the goddamn world. Not leaning forward, not hunched down. I'm fucking living my best life right now, okay? This this bitch, this setup here, is about to blow the hell up, my friend. <laughs> Be very sure that that's why Johnny Ivy invented the trackpad. Fuck yeah, so I can sit <laughs> he back. He thought about mission, mission control style. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Like this, that's too good. Like honestly, it's little shit like that. Like this, this, this whole little renovation thing is gonna cost me under two hundred bucks, and I will be happy as a clam and shit. Or no, wait, no, it's got to be your shit that the clam's in. No, fuck me. What is it? Pig and uh, shit. A pig and happier than a pig and shit. I was gonna say. I think it's a pig and shit. Happier than a clam and a pig. That's clam. what it is. No, clams don't go in pigs either. No, you got. It's got to be your pig. That the clam goes. Strange. You know what? Don't worry strange. about it. Don't worry about it. Your sausage has got to go in the clam. I think that's the, yeah, that's, that's it. the saying. That's it. That's it. That's the saying. I think that's the saying. That's yeah. the saying. Yeah. Okay. So ha- happier than my dick in a clam. Dick in a clam. Dick in a clam. <laughs> clam and a dick. Dick in a clam. Um, um, all right. So <laughs> I, I couldn't help. So earlier on today's thread. Yes. Willem said, let me just read back. He said, going to kick it with my girl tonight. And then I said, hey, Ma, what's up? I saw And no that. one got the. No, I saw it. Yeah, I, no I one, no it. one said anything. Yeah. No one said, I, it, I was very offended. Actually, you said you smoke. Uh, I smoke. You drink. Me too. We're going to take a ride tonight. Yeah, but you didn't put enough eyes in tonight. Maybe that's what it was. Oh, oh, yeah. So now everybody, everybody's coming back. They're like, oh, I was downtown clubbing ladies night. Mm, mm-hmm. Met Shorty. She was crazy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I asked her, what's your agent type? Look in the car. I don't touch nothing. <laughs> Sit in the car. <laughs> it's such a fucking rude song. But yeah, Willem said, you know, kicking it with a girl tonight. And I was like, all right. What's good? You smoke. I smoke. I drink. Me too. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, all of us early, late 90s, early 2000s, rap aficionados, we all got it. Uh, I just chose not to No engage. one said anything. It was very hurtful. No, I was too busy engaging with the fucking troll over on Prairie Artisan Ale's Twitter page, which obviously was run by you. Um, this Can we address the fact that Prairie has the best opinions about everything on Earth? They don't. Well, they don't. One, two. Their Twitter account, it, like whoever they hired as their new uh, media ma- social media manager, has been doing a banging job. They are fantastic. They have some really great irreverent tweets that are 
not offensive. They are not politically engaged. They are just they're good. Yep. However, we should they, hire have, them. they have we should hire. I don't think I think they're out of our price range. I think that's probably why they're making bad beer and bad food right now is they're paying the fuck social media manager too much money. They've let quality control go on both fronts. Okay, let's address that. Let's address that. We don't talk enough about got, bad beer here on this podcast. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. We don't. We, we don't. Honestly. And Prairie, Prairie was a stalwart of this cast early on. Um, I mean, we we pushed everybody towards Prairie. Okay, full disclosure, we're back. We had to have uh, wee-wee breaks. My balls were so full of pee, I had to empty them. Um, but we're back. Um, Frank. You were talking about how Prairie was the Dante Stallworth of this podcast when it comes to um, beer quality, right? Dante Stallworth. That's a throwback. That is yes. a deep um, throwback. It's a deep cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, okay, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I did buy this year's Christmas pack. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Christmas bomb is one of the beers in that pack. Um, they do, I think they do a barrel age Christmas bomb or whatever. I've, I've got them in the fridge. I didn't even look at them. Um, oh, did you get it from T- uh, Tavor? Yeah. They okay. give you three beers, the three Christmas beers. One of them's a bomb. One of them's an age bomb. And I think the other one might be. So they did, they did Texas bomb. You might've gotten that one. Maybe that one too. Um, but in any case, okay. So irregardless, if you will. Yeah, irregardless of the situation we're facing with Prairie right now, um, they did make good beer for a very long time. They made some of the best stouts on earth. Um, What has happened as of late, I don't think we understand what's going on, um, but their quality in all departments has gone down. The consistency is not there. Um, Not entirely sure. Did they lose a brewer? Did they lose quality control people I, I i don't know like there's a, there's a lot that could have happened in the process that makes it different but i would i hate to say it hate to say it hate to do it actually um i would steer away i would not i would not go spend what they're asking for the inconsistency that i've experienced and i think brian has experienced um, not only in the bottled beers, they used to have a brew pub. It's closed now. The the food, well, no, supposed they have well a, based on other members of the podcast, the food has tanked. Well, yeah, they they stopped um, serving food at their at their brew pub, from what yeah. I can tell. But they still have two brew pubs that are open: one in Oklahoma City and one in Tulsa. Still, so I think there's there's a bit of a so I think COVID shock had something to do with it, but the beer quality's gone down for two years straight. It's not um, only COVID. I have, I have factual research that shows five, but yes. <laughs> no, sure, sure, but I, I think noticeably yes. it's been as of late. It hasn't been as severe as like the ones I've got in the fridge right now. I'd like to taste. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how good they're going to be, but if you recall when we went to New Orleans, um, we had that narwhal, and <clears throat> the, you the, mean the, not of, the narwhal, the Prince, Prince of, of Wales. Wales, right? Um, the Prince of Wales that had a narwhal on it, um, the Prince of Wales was one of the best well, pastry stouts, but stouts all around I've ever had in my life. That was, to me, a memory back to the early prairies that I had. 
and it's not there anymore. I don't know what they did. I don't know what changed. Um, bulk production probably had an impact. But Prairie, when when I used to buy it, it's it sounds like like a treehouse story. But it's like these motherfuckers were brewing out of other people's equipment, and they were making a fucking amazing beer. Well, and selling, they were making, they were brewing on such small equipment. They, they were, they were not a gypsy brewer like uh, McKellar's and and Evil Twins of the world. But yeah, they were brewing on really small equipment. And then when they went to Krebs, they, you know, people were like, "Oh, it doesn't taste the same." Well, now I can officially tell people that it does not it taste, taste the same at nope. all. Um, so, I one of the things that we didn't produce that I was going to at the end of the uh, at the end of the year last year we had the video series we posted on Instagram and our YouTube page which you can still search um, there were seasonal beers <clears throat> like top five seasonal beers that I had uh, suggested uh, or six I think it was six it was a six pack anyway uh, that I had suggested did quick reviews on them fun okay and I was going to cap it off with a five-year vertical of Prairie Christmas Bomb that I had uh, had being the 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 key phrase there um mrs brian and i sat down and we drank all five of them one night i think before we recorded a podcast which was then did a family happy hour with a podcast it yeah. was a fucking shit show uh from what i can recall because i was hammered <laughs> was. hammered drunk um but <clears throat> the biggest thing is i wasn't happy hammered like if it had been a good five-year vertical like like the goose island uh, uh bcbs that we did last year with with frank mrs frank and mrs brian and myself we had, I had a blast drinking all five of those big beers was just fun it was a joy a, a joy a full of a, a, a great time right great this time. was not because these beers were fucking awful like the best beer that we had was the 2016 Christmas bomb. And it was just moderately okay. That was probably the last one that was good. Um, because everything else was uh. fucking gross and it wasn't gross. Like here's the deal. I, I can, I can be honest and say that, uh, if something has like flavor, uh, a flavor profile that I don't agree with, I'll let you know. This one had flavor profile that I didn't agree with. It also had some off flavors that were generated more. So like just, just ungodly amounts of oxidation in these beers, which shouldn't happen with capped beers. And if you say like, well, you're going to have some flavors. I agree. You're going to have some like changing flavors, shifting malt shift, hop shift through overtime. However, when 2016 has less oxidation than the next four fucking years up to and including 2020, bro, you're doing something horribly wrong. I, I don't know. I, 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 you're the fucking professional. I'm just the professional taster. I can tell you when something's fucking wrong. And I, I know that sounds crass and rude, but this is coming from a person who I literally, so I, I, I've, I, I'm kind of a fucking weirdo in this, but I collect bottle caps and all the bottle caps that I've had over the last, let's just say six years, I have sorted out by color. Okay. And I know that makes me sound like a real sociopath. Like you've got to put me on a list somewhere. And just a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. But I'd also have Guinness caps separated out because I love Guinness. Like I literally, I, I'm really contemplating my first harp tattoo. Um, okay. But I also have all my prairie caps separated out. And I did that one night. I just separated out all the prairie catfish bottle caps. And I think I had 70-something bottle caps of just prairie. And that's not including the ones that I have up on my bottle cap uh, maps up above me right here. Shit. And just doing the quick math, which I know you're probably doing in your head right now, Frank. 70 bottles of prairie averaging at least nine ninety nine a bottle. Yeah, 
pro- most of them yeah, I mean, being it's... north of of ten ninety nine per bottle. Um, because that's including a six pack of Apple Brandy Noir that I had from twenty fifteen. Let's put it at eight hundred bucks. Yeah. And then let's put the calories somewhere let's around. Not do the, the calories is what I <laughs> have spent the last fucking two years losing. Uh, but you know what? I've won that battle too because, Frank, dry January, I've lost an additional eight pounds. So suck on my nards. Nice. Congrats. Uh, so I am four pounds away from being what I weighed when I got married 10 years ago. So anyway, all that to say, it's a humble brag there. But all that to say, I've fucking tasted prairie for a long-ass time. A long-ass time. And I've tasted a lot of prairie beers, a lot of different kinds of beer, prairie beers. Virtual. I'm a, I'm a walking museum of fucking yeah. prairie beers, okay? And I can tell you, they fucking changed. They have not changed for the better. And it is really pissing me off, bumming me out, anything else you want to call it. I'm fucking not happy. Not happy at all. It's not, as an occasional prairie drinker, I, yeah, agree. I mean, I, th- I, think, I, think, I think the turning point to me was the deconstructed bomb. I think when when they started doing that thing, it really changed everything. I like to call sniffing their own farts is what that was. Yeah. They that that was really that was one of those things when as soon as they did that, I was like so what so are we doing here? Those of um, those of you who don't know, um, Prairie does bomb every year. Bomb with an exclamation point. Um, it's an imperial stout, about twelve to thirteen percent alcohol that is brewed with cacao or yeah, cacao, vanilla, and chili. Okay, normally good. And there may be one other flavor in there. There probably is because there's four fucking flavors that they identified. Okay, so the long long story short, they made a four pack of each, like uh, highlighting each of the flavors that make up bomb in a bottle. So one was like a spiced stout. One was uh, like a spicy hot stout. Another one was like a chocolate stout. Another one was uh, a coffee stout. That's the other flavor, a coffee stout. And the other was a vanilla stout. Okay. Mm-hmm. In a four pack, they had the fucking audacity to charge thirty nine ninety nine for four beers in a four pack. And that's how you had to buy them. Now, to people who are like, well, that's how the brewery's going to make money. You take your maskless ass and you fucking kick rocks, okay? Because the reality of the situation is you are charging someone who is supposed to be loyal to you 40 fucking dollars to drink your shit, okay? And it wasn't that good. No, and we know that it wasn't that good because four to eight weeks later when it was still sitting on shelves, liquor stores were forced to mark it down to twenty four ninety nine a four-pack, which still expensive, but at least it's fucking... It's literally half the fucking price that you would have paid for it. Near. Republican math, half the price that you would have fucking paid for it. Okay? That is sniffing your own farts in the brewing game. Like, that is... uh, Oh, it smells so good. Oh, I love it so much. It's just believing your hype. It's believing the hype. It's fucked up is what it is. Uh, And I agree with you, Frank. You know what? That is a very good, like, uh, cornerstone of the trot downhill for Prairie. I think, I think that's, that's when a good it started. Call. I mean, as soon as I saw, I, I was at the brew pub and they sold that at the brew pub. And they were like, oh yeah, this is the deconstructed bomb. You could buy it, whatever, little tasters. And I bought it, little tasters. None of them were good. Right. And I was like, this seems like a really bad idea. Like you're, you're, there's a reason. There's a reason you made a beer with with the flavors, and now you're trying to just like, oh yeah, we can make a chocolate beer and a fucking whatever you, vanilla. You beer. already did both of those things. There's no reason to do it. Yeah, so, and the other thing is not, like, not any serious it, beer lover is gonna go. Let me get that 
very specific flavor out of that bomb. <laughs> like, well, the way we they doing? the way they were selling it was like, oh, you can make Prairie Bomb at your house. Like, I could also fucking buy Prairie Bomb and just and, drink that. And, and it's, it's mixed at the I'm correct not, like I'm not fucking, at the correct ratios, and I'm not trying to make a fucking cocktail, you cocksucker. Yeah, like, I'm not. I fucking fuck that. Like, I don't want. I don't want that. I don't want to do any of it. And I feel like if I, the person who's collected seven years worth of bottle caps, doesn't want to do, I don't want to do that. Very few other people are going to fucking do it. Like, yep. you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm not saying run all your Truth. marketing ideas through No Beer Left Behind, but if you want to, you can head us up over on social media on Instagram at No Beer Left Cast, um, Twitter at No Beer Left Cast, or NBLB Beer, and hit us up on the Gmail at No Beer Left Behind Cast at gmail.com. So, see what I did there? That was a plug within a plug within a plot within a story. Yeah, but right? where's the music? I thought we were. Oh, no, I was just a plug in the middle of the. <laughs> I'm catching oh, people. Okay. I'm catching people off guard because when they hear that music, they're probably like, "No, oh, I'm gonna fast forward through Brian's this is when bullshit." I it out. Yeah, okay, and they yeah, turn yeah, it back yeah, on, yeah, obviously, yeah, to hear it. Frank's like not the onion story that he hits us with, and then w- how far away from Austin he's actually going to be reporting out of. Uh, and then they're like, "I don't need to hear the reggae horns." And then they just depends leave. on the day. Depends on the day. Oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> See, I hit him with the reggae horn early. <laughs> yeah, motherfuckers, I, I you like don't have this. a chance to turn it off. No, um, I, like that. I, I was going to um, see if you if you had anything else on your mind before we did close out. I'm, I'm, I'm no, free. Just, just one thing. Um, I I hit Brian up with this fact uh, last, not on the cast. Was it on the cast? Maybe it was. Don't know the fact. Um, so if you're anywhere near the Austin Metro trying to buy a house right now, ah. good fucking luck. Um <laughs> This this market is, I mean, insane is one way to describe a market. This is nuclear. Like, right. anywhere south of Austin, outside of Travis County, essentially. So Austin proper, uh, homes for sale under a million dollars is 142. Okay, now that's Austin proper. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go south of Austin, like, for instance, Buda, Kyle, Dripping Springs, Driftwood, where a lot of people want to live, there are a total of not nine, not 10, not 11, but 12 homes for sale at the moment under a million dollars. That's it. If you go over a million, it adds like three, three properties. If you're looking to move to Austin, good luck. (laughs) Apparently this town is just like, we're not selling to anybody. (laughs) I mean, it's, insanity like it doesn't sound mentally good at all. crazy question you mentioned two two places dripping springs and driftwood uh one have any has anybody ever mixed those two names up and called the dripping wood uh, they should okay they the other thing is dripping springs had a petition a few years like in 2019 did they ever change their name to pound town so interesting uh kind of story around that while dripping springs does have a lot of swingers they will oh, wow, never that be. Took, it took a weird turn. <laughs> they will never be outdone with uh, what the locals here like to call uh, Swinger Ranch, which is Steiner Ranch, up in the uh, Cedar Park area. Oh yeah, no, there is there is a community, Brian. That is, I mean, you, you, maybe you do. Do you know Circle C out here? Um, okay, so there's there's a huge community, um, north west of austin okay. that so austin kind of developed 
this whole concept of ranching communities. Mm. Um, and it, it started as ranching and then people, you know, turned ranches into kind of subdivisions. Right. But in any case, um, Circle C used to be the largest subdivision uh, in the United States. Then uh, Swinger Ranch got founded. Okay. <laughs> and, it, and it's called Steiner Ranch. And Steiner Ranch at the moment has anything from like a 300. You, you could retire in Steiner Ranch. Like you could buy your first house there, <laughs> buy your mansion, and then live in the fucking retirement village. All in all Steiner. Steiner. You never have to leave. Um, lifestyle community both ways. God, always it sounds like. Um, yeah, no. I one of the many reasons I won't be moving to uh, Central Texas anytime soon. Uh, least of which, um, the too many upside down pineapples. Too many. I think that's a sex reference. Oh, swingers. That there it is. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, you, it, it, it's apparently how they communicate in the grocery stores. That's so fucking wild. I don't. It's pretty Swing, swinging. Swinging never stops. <laughs> Frank, you need to develop a swinger app and just call it upside down pineapple, and that's how you make your, mean, could, make your mint. Yeah, it's not, not a bad idea. I mean, could you imagine like your lifestyle dependent on like a grocery store? <laughs> grocery store interpretations. Not even yeah. like you. Can you imagine it going wrong? Someone doesn't know what's up, and they put a pineapple back wrong, and they just I'm end sorry, up... Sorry, ma'am. You put it down wrong. What the fuck is happening here? You're just getting felt up in the goddamn grocery aisle. Who in, who intentionally puts a pineapple upside down in a shopping cart, asshole? Yeah, they're like, I don't know. I fucking threw it in there. Well, I just tried to throw it in there, and you rejected me. So, yeah. Frank, I do have a, one question for you, okay? Okay. <clears throat> this is... Uh, well, I'll just, I'll just hit you with it. Okay. In our society today, what do you call a woman who sleeps with 10 men in a single night? It's controversial, I know. Happy. Ha- okay, happy. That's what you would say. But what did, what would most normal society call her? Well, probably a whore. Okay. That's... Then I have to ask, what would you call a guy who did that? A porn star. <laughs> You say that I call. I say that would be gay. But you would call that man gay. Because see, he sleep. He slept with ten men in a night. Yeah, he's, I got he's it. Gay. I got it. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, but it's not. Because you no, should never. You don't never, make fun of gayness or whores because those those women are good people too. You know, they're God fearing women. <laughs> just well, just trying to hold Brian, around. <laughs> You know, we all know that one impeachment is bad, mm-hmm. but two impeachments, that's just unprecedented. That's good. Or as they should say, unprecedented. Oh, well, now see, you explained it, though. That's, <laughs> it's, you, you could have left it up to interpretation. Could have, could have. That would have been good. Didn't need to. I, you know, I left it hanging long enough. Um, <laughs> there was something i had something for this i did have something for it i'm, I'm having an archer moment We're like ah, i had something for this but it's something like i don't know one foot out of the door is better than two two impeach two in the peachment or something like that you know okay one, so bird, brian bird in the hand I mean, there's something why we could work that we'll workshop it we'll get back yeah i mean it's, you need to really think about that one so do, do you i i don't think history are I don't think they're necessarily kind to the French, right? Okay, they're not typically. 
Um, and I think the reason is, is they surrendered so quickly, but do you know why they always surrendered so quickly? I don't, I, I, I've often wondered why. Cause they were scared to lose. Speaking of French, do you know why French breakfast only has one egg? No. Because one egg is an oof. Ooh, that's good, but to lose is better. To lose is better. <laughs> but I still feel like... I still, I, I, the one egg is an oof is fucking... That's... I don't know, I just, that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, nuff is nine, so it doesn't really, you know... No, nuff is, but an oof and oof. Is an oof egg? Yeah. Yes, it, it, it is an Thank egg. You. I just... What, so it's an egg, singular egg. <laughs> okay. Now, Oof, now is what it is. I know, whatever. It's the same. Wait for it. Uh, you know. Earth. Well, I was I was gonna get a brain tra- transplant, but then I changed my mind. Oh, it's good. You know, you shouldn't do anything that you're not you're not really comfortable with. Not fully committed to. That's right. No. Yeah, because what are you gonna do when you wake up tomorrow and you're like, God damn it, wish I hadn't got this new brain. <laughs> God, I changed my mind. I changed literally. (laughs) Ah, son of a bitch. Yeah. All right. (laughs) I think we've run down. We've run it down. (laughs) You know what? That's one of the beauties of doing this this show sober is that we can acknowledge that and just move forward. You know, it's it's, time. It's time. It's wild. uh, The life that I've lived. It's uh, far more boring. I don't explore as many things as I once did. Topics, not. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, ladies. toys for tots. Toys for tots. Close it on that. What the fuck? <laughs> sure. Salvation, Salvation Army Red Kettle. You know, just something positive. Just oh, you're ending on a positive note. Yeah, toss it out there. Ion. Good, goodwill. And peace on earth to good people serving men. people, community housing up in Minneapolis. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Frank's, Frank's, Frank's and Josh are homeless. Obviously, that's like second or third on everybody's list. Okay. For, thank you all for listening to this episode and every episode. We mentioned our socials earlier, but definitely check us out over on Instagram and Twitter at NoBeerLeftCast. Uh, and hit us up on email if there's you have questions about beer, about uh, 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 Frank's preferred uh, social justice causes in, Mini- in the greater Minneapolis St. Paul area let him know he'll 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 hit you up uh for brian here in north texas until next time i am out yeah for frank um in austin i'm out 